1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, i was with spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
2: What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it
1: again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Beck.
0: Yeah, we got a fun show for you today. Happy Saturday, everybody. Recording this on Friday morning, Adam Azer and Dave Richard here. Just the two of us, Dave, for maybe up to an hour. Can you handle it?
3: We can make it if we try.
0: We can make it if we try. And we welcome you. And you can make it if you try in your fantasy league. So we'll help you out with your drafts, obviously. We're going to read your emails, at cbsi.com. Going to read your Apple podcast questions. We're going to get, to get a visit from the Fantasy Cops. Yeah. We haven't done the Fantasy Cops in months and months and months. If you have any league disputes... And you want to hear your questions answered with funky music in the background, put an e- send an email to fantasyfootball at com. that is the letter I, and put Fantasy Cops in the subject line. We've got the news that Jameis Winston is likely to be named the starter. We'll talk about, you, would you draft Trevor Lawrence or Jameis Winston? We'll get into that. Also, share some idp thoughts later on in the draft and that's the thing if you just want to hear the idp segment you want to hear the emails you don't want to hear anything else i'm going to put a time code in the episode description so just read the description when we start talking about idp just go to that time code which will be approximate could be within within a minute sometime you know we have uh commercials and things like that that mix up the time codes for me so uh, i do my best but you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't want to but we want you to dave yay adam for trying your best thank you Jameis Winston tried his best, and it looks like he's going to win the job. And this is according to Ian Rappaport. All signs point to Jameis Winston being named the starter. This report came out on Friday morning, so there might be something more concrete by the time people are listening. Would you rather have Jameis Winston or Trevor Lawrence at this point? I'd rather have Lawrence. uh, I'm I'm thinking long-term for the entire
3: season. I don't think there's much of a chance of Trevor Lawrence getting benched. Certainly, by comparison to Jameis Winston and the chances of him getting benched, it seemed apparent after the first preseason game that Jameis would be the answer there. He just throws with more velocity. He's willing to take chances with the ball downfield. He was particularly good with them against Jacksonville, uh, and that was with the receivers being tightly covered downfield. So I'm, I'm encouraged by what I saw from Winston this preseason. But I, I know Jameis Winston. I've been watching him play for several years. I know that he's eventually going to turn the ball over and have a bad game. And I'm sure that at that point, Sean Payton will think about making a change at quarterback. Furthermore, we also know that Jameis Winston will not get every single snap in the offense. If Drew Brees was losing time to Taysom Hill, you better believe Jameis Winston will also lose time to Taysom Hill. So that means that there's going to be some stats on Sundays and Mondays when they play and Thursdays that Jameis won't get because Taysom Hill is getting them. So I'm I'm not ready to take him as even a streaming quarterback. Week one, he plays Green Bay. I, I like him better in two QB leagues, but he's still somebody that I'd go after and like right before the mid midpoint in two QB and super flex leagues.
0: I just drafted him in a two QB league and we did this draft last week. With a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position, that that still exists. Okay, we didn't know at the time who the Saints' quarterback was going to be. We still don't know when Justin Fields, when if Trey Lance will get on the field. We don't know who the Patriots' starting quarterback is going to be. So I intend to trade Jameis Winston. Uh, who
3: are your other quarterbacks?
0: I have uh, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, and Carson Wentz. So I usually don't take four quarterbacks in a 2QB league. I usually take three. It's a a 12-team. Would you consider trading
3: Wentz or Carr?
0: No, because I don't trust Jameis to keep the job. So I just want to have three quarterbacks on my team. And when I got Brady, you know, I was happy. When I got Carr as my number two, and then Wentz, I was like, ugh, I don't feel so good about this. I'm going to take a gamble on Jameis Winston. I think he's going to win the job. He did. Now I have a really tradable asset. Which, by the way, if you want to take—I never thought about this. I've never done it before. If you want to take a gamble and draft four, you want to go crazy, draft four or five quarterbacks or something in a two QB league. You have the most valuable trade chip. There is nothing on the waiver wire. When something comes up on the waiver wire, it's some scrub backup that's never—that's rarely going to be good for fantasy. Mm. So you've got a really valuable trade chip, and odds are you can turn that quarterback into a better player than what was available to you at that point in the draft. That's what I'm hoping for for Jameis, but my point is, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think he might I, lose his job at some point, so not a bad idea to look for trade offers. That's the kind of rationale I have
3: with taking Lance, Fields, Lawrence, maybe even Roethlisberger and Tonga vailoa in one QB drafts. The deeper the benches are, the more likely you are to take a second quarterback anyway, but that's the whole idea, and it's the whole idea behind taking players... Like getting that second tight end, or getting that sixth running back, or that sixth wide receiver. If you get a player that you think is a good value late in the draft, and you're able to trade him for something, it's gonna be for a player that was taken before him on draft day. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking at our two QB league. My QBs are Dak Prescott, Trey Lance, Drew Lock. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. I might need one of those quarterbacks, Adam.
0: <laughs> Who is your uh, who's your number two? Wide receiver.
3: It's Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk for Jameis. No, thank
0: you. That's don't be so hasty there, Dave. All right. Uh, uh, so good. let's wrap up the Jameis talk here. You just mentioned Roethlisberger and of Iloa. Would you take them over Jameis Winston? Yes. Would you take Derek Carr or Jameis Winston?
3: I'll take a chance on Jameis. At that, when we're talking about quarterbacks that aren't really getting drafted in most one QB leagues, we're thinking of streamers anyway. So I'd just rather start the season with Winston than I would with Carr. Carr's okay. got the Ravens in week one.
0: We're going to talk about our IDP league later, give some some defensive players you need to know about, some tips on how to play in IDP leagues. But I asked you also separately for a team that you've drafted that you really like, because you heard me a couple, a couple days ago raving about the team that was drafted in my name by Heath and Jamie. Uh, but I want to know a team that you really like, and maybe you can give some, some reasons why you like it. I assume people are going to be drafting this weekend. Certainly some are. I assume many, many will be drafting this weekend and then more and more as we get closer to the season. But just a team that fell into place and takeaways from it. And I think actually your IDP team will only focus on the offensive players. Your IDP team is one that stood out to you. It is.
3: I really like it. I'd like to know everybody else's opinion on it. And while I go over the team, Adam, I just sent you a trade offer in the two QB league. I think you'll find it to your liking, and I look forward to you accepting. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon were my first two picks. No surprise. I'm going running back, running back to begin a draft.
0: Oh, what remember, pick did you have? Team. What pick did you have?
3: Uh, I, I don't remember. It was in the middle of the. I think it was nine. Okay, so not quite. I, I guess it's. I guess it's middle, middle, late. Everybody knows where nine is. Jeez. I think I so. Know. Taylor one, Joe Mixon two, and then I, I, I took a bunch of receivers after. I got Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, uh, Miles Gaskin was mixed in there, and I got Jerry Judy as well. And you guys know I'm taking Judy ahead of the pack here. I'm really excited about him. To get him as my number three receiver, uh, I, I was doing backflips, and believe me, I might have broken something while doing it. Justin Herbert at quarterback, Logan Thomas at tight end, and then on the bench I got Trey Lance. I handcuffed Gaskin to Ahmed. Ronald Jones, Tony Jones, Tony Pollard, uh, Elijah Moore, Visca, Chenault. I, I went. I always go heavy on offensive players in an IDP draft because I know I can find defensive players off the waiver wire once the season starts. So while other people were taking defensive players, that pushed down some of the talent for me starting in round, I'd say, six and beyond. And that's why I think I was able to get a pretty stacked team for a 12-team League.
0: Yeah. So Dave's team, this is three receivers and a flex. It's full PPR. full PPR. It's Justin Herbert at quarterback, Mixon and Jonathan Taylor at running back, Woods, Godwin and Judy at wide receiver, Logan Thomas at tight end and Miles Gaskin at flex. Your team is loaded. Heath's team is loaded. I like my team quite a bit. And I think all of us probably just didn't really focus that much on the IDPs. So that's something to keep in mind. But here's how Dave started his team before the IDPs are really coming off the board. Taylor at nine, Mixon in round two, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, Miles Gaskin in round five, which looks like a really good pick now. And that was, he kept falling and falling and falling. And I mean, I brought that up on a separate show. It was him and Chase Edmonds. I couldn't escape that scenario. I took Edmonds. Dave took Gaskin six or seven picks later. Uh, And then Jerry Judy in round six, At that point, you could, yeah. See, personally, Dave, I I wouldn't have taken him over Kyler Murray, but you obviously like Justin Herbert quite a bit, so you got Herbert later, but Kyler was the next pick, and you took Judy over Kyler, over Lamar Jackson. You took him over Jamar Chase, um, Dak Prescott, yeah, over Claypool. Uh, I just think it was interesting that you took him over the quarterbacks. Any regrets there?
3: None whatsoever. You know, we talk about all the time, know who you're drafting with know your draft know your league mates and this was an analyst draft and all analysts think the same way when it comes to quarterbacks no one wants to take a quarterback early so i knew that i'd be able to wait a little bit longer to get a quarterback
0: at a good value and i did dave is pledging allegiance there he is yeah uh
3: (laughs) sometimes i do this when i play cards too just i rest my right hand here and try and whenever you have a good hand Whenever I have aces, kings, or six-deuce off-suit. Dave has offered me... By the way, we've got got like this poker event coming up. Yes, we do. Dave has offered me... uh, I'm thinking
0: about buying in and playing. I'm not sure if you're allowed to, but J.D. McKissick... Oh, I am. Yeah, I mean, it's for charity. It's not like you're going to win money. J.D. McKissick for Jameis Winston. I will uh, quickly turn that down. All right, speaking of which... Poker, yes, uh, join us Monday, August 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern, for a 300 player multi table virtual poker tournament supporting St. Jude. Hang out with the Fantasy Football Today experts and other players during the tournament via Zoom. Sign up at stjude.org, that is S T stjud eorg org slash, slash draftathon. St.Jude.org slash draftathon. There's also a link in this episode description. That is Monday, August 30th. Uh, it's $100 for a seat and a 5K stack. $200 for a for 5K plus another add-on stack of 5K. $300 for a seat and a 5K starting stack plus a 10K add-on stack. You get a spot in the 2021 For the People Podcast League if you win. If you finish in the top 10, you get a private 15-minute Zoom call with an FFT analyst. That is stjude.org slash draft and there are only 300 spots available. In fact, if Dave's truth was word, there are only 299 spots available. But please go to stjude.org slash draftathon. By the way, we're not answering a lot of keeper questions on the show. If you still have keeper questions, go to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash fantasy football today. Or you can just search for fantasy football today on Facebook, or you can click the link in the episode description. Dave, before we go any further, I've got. An audio clip that a listener made. His name is Evan. It is a mashup of some of your greatest hits. Oh, my God. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Okay. It's very quick. I thought it was funny. Here we go.
3: It should be. Honestly, it should be out by now, but I'm really backed up. I'd like a big ice cream sundae and a quiet hotel room for 12 hours. (laughs)
0: There you go, Dave. There's your Sunday.
3: Wow. Um, Ten years of doing this podcast encapsulated in about 12 seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Evan.
0: Uh, does, was that his
3: attempt to get into the
0: podcast league? It was. It was. Unfortunately, it didn't work as the league is full.
3: Well, fortunately for Evan, there is a spot remaining. Ooh. And if Evan would like to... If you would forward his information, I would like to offer him the chance to share. It should be honestly, it should be out by now. But I'm really backed up. I'd like a big ice cream sundae and a quiet hotel room for twelve hours.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, Evan. Evan, you will co-manage a team with Dave Richard. Good stuff. I'm glad this. Maybe wants out.
3: to. He might not. Maybe he did that because he doesn't like me and he's making fun of me. I don't know. Now, that happens sometimes on this podcast. But so obviously, if that's the case, maybe he doesn't want to share a team. with
0: me. If you're co-managing with Dave, be prepared to make some picks on your own because you know. Dave's a little backed up. I might be a little busy. Right.
3: Russell Wilson. Oh, by the way, I sent you another trade offer. <sighs>
0: All right, I didn't get it yet. I'll let you know when I... I can't believe you turned down J.D. Drew Locke it's- and Juju Smith-Schuster for Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston. I mean, this isn't the worst trade offer ever. I mean, it's not I, I could have just left Drew Locke out of it. Yeah, I get a starting wide receiver immediately. I don't have to wait for... Yeah, that's that's right. interesting. I'm not going to do it. But that's interesting.
3: I think I can do better. I was hoping that you would do it because I've got Callaway on my bench. I really like the bench players that I've got in the two-quarterback league. I don't want to part with any of them for Jameis. All right, here I we go. Like injuries, news, and notes. Killen and Myers and Callaway. I like them.
0: Russell Wilson is uh, connecting with tight end Gerald Everett. They have a nice little rapport going on, Dave. Everett... That's great. Sneaking into your... Close to your top 12?
3: He's somebody that is worth one of those late round picks that we talked about earlier where you're not necessarily drafting him to be a starter for your fantasy team you're drafting him for the potential of him being a trade chip later on or i guess part of it is him being a starter for your fantasy team it depends on how you do he's not going to be your starter week one that's the point so i i i don't i don't hate him with a late pick he might be the third best target in that offense when we like to judge tight ends it's do they have a chance to be the number two or the number one target in an offense I don't see that happening for GE.
0: Well, they could really use their left tackle back. Dwayne Brown is still holding out and has not practiced, has not played uh, with this uh, this preseason for Seattle. And kind of a
3: problem. Kind of a problem. Yeah,
0: get, let's get him back. Cortland Sutton does not expect to be limited in week one. You're taking Judy over Sutton, obviously, because you're taking Judy over DK Metcalf like at this point. But... All right. <laughs> But no, would you take uh, Jamar Chase, who apparently, according to The Athletic, has had a great week of practice, or or Cortland Sutton? Chase.
3: Still Chase over Sutton. Going for the upside play there. You know, we haven't seen Sutton in a preseason game. I, I'm not sure if we will. I'm just, I continue to be encouraged by Jerry Judy and what he can do in this offense, and it might relegate Cortland Sutton into being more of a number two guy for Denver.
0: 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. For Sutton in 2019, I believe he was a top 20 wide receiver right around there, <clears throat> and kind of a deep ball guy, or you know, pretty high A dot 14 as a rookie, 14 mm-hmm. yard A dot 11.6 in 2019, and in very limited action, 17.7, only one game, only six targets, so we can scratch that in 2020. Um, so maybe maybe that's a better fit for Drew Locke than Teddy Bridgewater, but that doesn't mean you know, young guys their A dots can and their route trees can change quite a bit. Uh Sean McVay said Daryl Henderson is still going to have a very big role. What did you how did you interpret that?
3: I interpreted that as when Daryl Henderson goes out to dinner and they bring the bread before <laughs> dinner, he's gonna reach for the biggest role in the basket. That's what I meant. I'm I'm getting very nervous about Daryl Henderson and that this is I, I'm kind of Add this to the list of weird sentences I thought I'd never say. I'm kind of getting excited about Sony Michelle. Just the fact that yeah. you can draft him late and he might not be too far off from what Daryl Henderson could be. This is a coaching staff that I just I don't know how much they truly trust Daryl Henderson. And that's just a, a sentiment I've had going back to last year. We'll see what happens, but if, if you're drafting this weekend and Daryl Henderson's sitting there in round five, think long and hard about it before you hit draft.
0: Michael Carter or Daryl Henderson for you?
3: I still have Henderson ahead of Carter because there's clearly an issue for Carter becoming the guy in New York now. He's looked good. There's no question about it, but Ty Johnson's looked good. Tevin Coleman's going to have a role. There was a report saying that LaMichael P. Ryan was going to be the short yardage goal linebacker. It's it's our nightmare coming true. It's the San Francisco Jets or the New York 49ers, however you want to put it. That's that's, offensive philosophy. We'll see about that.
0: We'll see about that, my friend. You know, uh, Kyle Shanahan was a coordinator before he coached the 49ers and he you know he used Tevin Coleman but Devontae Freeman was obviously great. He used both those guys. He did, he did, but but he didn't use three guys and obviously Freeman was a was a star. He was the number 1 running back in fantasy one year. I don't remember exactly which if it would overlap with Shanahan, I think it did, but um you know if my, Michael Carter can beat out those those fools um, but it's going to take time, obviously. I'm trying to look up recent ADP, like the last two days for Sonny Michel. But I seriously doubt that there is a running back that you're going to be able to take where you can take Sonny Michel, which I imagine would be after pick 100, that has a legitimate chance to become the starting running back or a more legitimate chance to become the starting running back than Michelle. Your best mm-hmm. bet to get a true starting running back late in the draft is probably Sonny Michel, you know, really? unless barring injury. Um, all right, so let me see. Today is the 27th, ADP since the 25th on NFC. I have no idea how many drafts this is. So sh- they, they, they tell you. It's on the page. Where does it say that?
3: On the right side, it tells you how many teams took that player.
0: Oh, oh, oh.
3: Who's oh. that kid with the Oreo cookie? So th- there's 30 drafts? If that's the number next to... if it, The number will be the same next to McCaffrey, yeah, yeah. Cook, all those guys. Yeah, yeah, 30 oh, drafts. 30 drafts. That's a decent sample size for two days. What's it say? 112. Right I'd after James Conner. I'd, I'd take him earlier than that, and I think I'd take him over Conner, too.
0: Kenyon Drake or Michelle?
3: I think I might be feeling Michelle over Drake. Okay.
0: No, I if, know it sounds weird.
3: It sounds so weird, but especially in non-PPR, half-PPR,
0: I, I, I like the value. I have to admit it. Hey, can I rant about something real quick? You mentioned uh, dinner rolls. Yeah, go ahead. How annoying is it when you get the cold butter that you can't even spread on the dinner rolls? Is the roll hot? It doesn't really – like no. You, typically, the roll is not hot, hot enough to melt the butter. It's so You can't spread it. You get little chunks of it. It breaks off. Give me the warm oh, butter. Oh, I've been there.
3: Guess what? I still eat it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but give me the warm butter. Come on. All right, Noah fan expected to be ready for week one. He has a leg injury. Kenny Galladay has still not practiced. Jamar Chase or Kenny Galladay? Chase. Dak Prescott appears to be full. Well, let me just do a little more Galladay. Uh, Tyler Boyd or Kenny Galladay? Boyd. Ooh. All right. Dak <laughs> what Prescott. that noise for? Well, all right. How about in non-PPR? I said what I said. Boyd still? Okay.
1: Yeah, Boyd!
0: <laughs> uh, Stephen Holder of the Athletic Reports expects that Kyle Granson will be a featured pass-catching tight end for the Colts.
3: I, uh, I remember watching him in the preseason game. I think I'd have to double-check my notes just to make sure. When I, It was the game that I was there uh, against Carolina. I remember him. I'd, I'd have to double-check my notes, but I remember him looking quick. He's got a chance. It's a, he's a great pick in Dynasty. And if he's on the waiver wire in your Dynasty League, you should be able to get him for next to nothing.
0: Okay. Dave, here's a keeper question from Landon. J.K. Dobbins or Miles Sanders for the exact same price? Who would you keep? Dobbins. Bless you. Did you see what just happened there? You sneezed. Not only did I sneeze, I knocked my laptop off of my table.
3: So, that was one hard sneeze.
0: I'll be right back, Dave. <laughs> You've
3: got some lungs so, on you. No, so look, it, was with with, my, with Dobbins, it was with my elbow. Well, go ahead. With Dobbins, it's all about, I think we all know what the floor is with him, where it's going to be right around 12, 13, 14 maybe touches per game. He's going to share. Gus Edwards is going to have a role. Lamar Jackson's going to do his thing. Here's something I've talked about with somebody about J.K. Dobbins, and this is about the Ravens in general. This is a franchise that tends to take really talented players and use them really, really well. They did it with Lamar Jackson when he was a rookie the second half of the season. When he was starting, he wasn't doing things that he's doing now, but he was being used in a good way. Last year with Marquise Brown, first chunk of the year, he wasn't being used the right way. They changed his role. They're a smart football team in Baltimore. I would imagine that they will figure out the right way to use J.K. Dobbins. And so while we can't see it right now and we're, we're, we're really looking hard at what happened last year, there's some upside there with J.K. Dobbins that I think people need to realize is possible, yeah. where he does catch two or three passes a game, where he continues to take over that short yardage goal line role like he did late last year over Gus Edwards and over Lamar Jackson, by the way. He could end up being a really good running back, whereas in Philadelphia, we've seen it now where Kenneth Gainwell is getting work with the hurry-up offense, and Boston Scott's going to work in some passing downs, and they still have Jordan Howard on the roster. And I'll tell you what, Jordan Howard didn't look terrible when he was playing in the preseason. So I'm not sure if Miles Sanders is going to be in a position to really break out. We thought he would be last year. He was given the opportunity, and he didn't do well with it. And I think the coaching staff in Philadelphia has a different theory on him now. To me, it's a no-brainer that it's Dobbins over Sanders.
0: By the way, Jordan Howard, I keep mentioning this, but he admitted that he was out of shape last year with the Dolphins. He is noticeably slimmer. That is a good thing. I don't. I mean, I don't really understand why they would keep him and Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. I don't know that they're going to have all of them active unless one of them's on special teams. I'm not sure. But if he gets cut and ends up somewhere else, he might be better than the than the Jordan Howard that of last year, who was who got benched and who was terrible. So just keep it in mind. All right, next question, Fantasy football at com from Johannes Hyde. If you actually try to pronounce His brother. my name, don't worry, you'll do just fine. Thank you. He's from Germany, and he has a non-PPR 10-team league trade salary draft. Uh, I got offered Najee Harris and Darren Waller for Ezekiel Elliott. Would you do that in a 10-team yes. non-PPR league? Absolutely. Yeah, do that. Yeah, that's a winner. Yeah, that's better than JD McKenzie. You're basically getting a
3: late Winston. first round pick and a late second round pick for an early first round pick.
0: This is from Alex in Austin. Dear Todd, Nick, Sony, Herschel, and Noshan. Georgia. Yeah. Let me start off by saying that Fantasy Football Today is my number one podcast. I listen to your episodes daily. He buttered us up. Uh, he wrote a very long email. I'm just going to sum it up. And say, he wants to know, Alex wants to know if we are ranking players that we know are not vaccinated any differently with the thought that they are more likely to miss games. PSA here, or not a PSA, announcement, this is not a discussion about vaccination, okay? But it is an actually pretty interesting fantasy topic here. Uh, Are you ranking players that you know are not vaccinated any differently? The nice thing about the National
3: Football League is that they have protocols in place that test the players whether they're vaccinated or not, and those who are unvaccinated have to follow further rules, including when they go on the road, that keep them safe. The NFL is doing the right thing here. They want players to protect themselves off the field, out of the facility, so that they don't catch COVID and they're off the game for a couple of days. So I'm not really as concerned about it. Certainly compared to last year, I'm not making draft decisions because of it either. I also can't confirm some of the players that he might think are vaccinated or unvaccinated. We were sitting on the show yesterday, and we we, we got the news while we were live on FFT, noon Eastern on CBS Sports HQ, that Ryan Tannehill was on the reserve COVID list, and they, they – I think it was Jamie and Heath who were doing a break asking, well, is he vaccinated? Is he unvaccinated? They weren't sure. I remember Tannehill saying he that he was. He but it shouldn't even really matter.
0: It should, though, because vaccinated players... Well, it could. Uh, it, vaccinated players can return earlier than unvaccinated players. But Vaccinate- they're still
3: going to be gone for a while. No, like they if, could if, be if gone for If a vaccinated for, player goes on the COVID list on a Friday, they're missing the game either If way. on a
0: Friday, yes. But if on a Monday, they could come back. They... I would say that a vaccinated player is likely to miss one game. An unvaccinated player is more likely to miss two games. Um, and then there's this, Dave. ESPN wrote an article about this yesterday because apparently the Players Association wants a lot more testing. Between This is from ESPN. Between August 1st and August 21st, the league recorded 68 positive tests among all players and staff from 7,190 tests. Not a lot of positives. but That's good. Approximately seven times as many unvaccinated players have tested positive as have vaccinated players per league data. Now, that is eye-opening. I am not going to change any of my drafting because of it. Uh, but, I, but if you are inclined to, that number does stand out. Seven times as many unvaccinated players have tested positive as vaccinated, and they are likely to miss more time. So that's, I think that's what you need to know to make the decision that you're comfortable with. Thank you for the question, Alex. From Logan... Grade the trade. Where's he from, by the way, Dave? Logan is from Windsor Mill, Maryland. Half PPR, 10-team, three-receiver league. I gave up George Kittle, Deontay Johnson, and Odell Beckham. I got DeAndre Hopkins and TJ Hawkinson. Kittle, Deontay, and Beckham for Hopkins and Hawkinson.
3: I like it. I think it's a win. It's an A. Getting Hopkins, I think Hopkins is a better receiver than Deontay Johnson, as much as I like Johnson. Uh, and the, the the upgrade of Johnson combined with Odell to get to Hopkins is better than the downgrade from Kittle to Hawkinson, which may not be much of a downgrade at all.
0: Okay, this is from Ryan in New Jersey. Dear Roy, Danny, Isaac, and Sam. Oh, this is easy. Really? You don't know this Roy Danny Isaac Danny and Sam? spelled D A N I. Yeah,
3: Isaac and Sam.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Apparently, it's Ted Lasso, which is at the top of my list. I promise people. I have the eighth pick in a five in a half PPR league. I feel locked in with Aaron Jones in the first. I've been listening to Adam talk about the difference between RB10 and wide receiver five, and I bought into this theory and was targeting Ridley. Or AJ Brown in round two. However, when I started thinking about my round three and four picks, I really don't like the running backs that will be available there like Gaskin and Sanders and Jacobs, et cetera. So how does RB five and RB10 paired up with wide receiver 12 and 15, and wide receiver 15 compare to RB five and RB eighteen compared with wide receiver five and wide receiver 15? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this easy for everybody. This is a good question. What I've been saying is that our wide receiver five like Calvin Ridley, will typically crush RB10 in PPR scoring. Uh, now, that's let's be clear. That's finish wide receiver five versus RB10, not drafted wide receiver five versus RB10. That's a toss-up. That, and is that on different. a per-game basis, or is that total points for the year? Well, it's total points, but I pro- it'd be the same. Okay. It'd be the same out- result. So. Um, but you do bring up a good point what if you don't like the running backs in rounds three and four? So are you better off going, who did he say he was taking in round one? Aaron Jones in round one. And Najee Harris, Mixon, Gibson, someone in that group for your your favorite there in round two. Uh, and then taking two of the Cooper, Woods, Godwin group. Some, some, maybe Lamb falls to you. Or, you know, go running back, receiver, running back, receiver, you end up a little stronger at receiver, you get an elite guy, but you then, you know, your RB2 is somebody that you don't really like. So what would you do, Dave?
3: I, I'm comfortable with the running backs in rounds one and two in my lineup. When I get to rounds three and four, yeah, I I would... Cross my fingers and toes that Chris Carson would be there. Miles Gaskin will almost certainly be there in round three, and probably in round four too. I'd be okay starting him as well, but there there aren't a lot of running backs that I like. And I, I talk about it all the time. When you're looking over, this is one of the things you have to do before you draft. If you're drafting this weekend, please do this. Look at the running back rankings. I don't care whose rankings you look at. Just cross a red line through any running back that you don't want to have to start as your RB two. The fewer running backs that you have on your list after you've crossed out names the more likely you should take two running backs with two of your first three picks at the absolute most, but maybe your first two picks, especially if you're not picking uh, in slots one, two, three, or four, where by the time you get to late round two, a lot of those running backs that you might like could be gone.
0: And here's a reason why I am still going to, f- it depends. I mean, I really like Najee Harris, so I'd have a, tr- I'd have trouble passing him up, but The reason why I might favor getting an elite wide receiver, a top five guy, is I actually am fine with the running backs who are going to be available to me in a 12-team league with my fifth and sixth picks. So here are the Mm. running backs, Dave, who are going 57th or later in these 30, do you remember the ADP I used for Sony Michelle? Yeah, those last
3: two days of drafts. Yeah,
0: 30 drafts over the last two days. Miles Gaskin, 57th. Uh, actually, the ADP is more like sixty. So this guy was saying I might have to take Miles Gaskin around three or four. You might be able to wait two full rounds before you have to take him. Kareem Hunt, I wouldn't take him there. Daryl Henderson, Chase Edmonds, uh, Damian Harris, Trey Sermon. Hopefully you can, you can get if you can get Gaskin. There's a chance you can get Mike Davis. He's not that far ahead. He's going fifty sixth overall. Javante Williams is also going fifty sixth overall. But between Javante Williams, Mike Davis. Miles Gaskin, Chase Edmonds, Daryl Henderson, and Kareem Hunt. If you're okay with one of them as your RB two, maybe you want to take two of them. Um, that's another consideration for you if you like those guys. Okay, and that's the point. I like
3: I'm not gonna fight with you over those running backs and whether or not they're worthy of being starters for you, but you're comfortable starting them. Yeah, so that means that your list of running backs that you're happy to use in week one is long. And you could go after other positions with your first three picks, four picks.
0: Right. And i tell you what, you know, it depends so much on your league scoring and on how many wide receivers you have to start, basically. But if you're in a three-receiver PPR league that starts a flex as well, you can get away with being a little weak at RB2, at least to start the season. You know, if you're loaded everywhere else, it's you can get away with it. I don't like But I
3: couldn't don't. you also get away with g- going running back, running back, getting a couple of receivers right after, maybe a tight end and another running back in rounds five and six, and then find a couple of receivers that you like in the mid-rounds? Like, yeah. Maybe guys like Corey Davis and Jacoby Myers and Marquez Callaway turn into something where you can start them and you feel okay starting them, and maybe they even over-deliver. I think we're going to find a lot of receivers. We always do. Oh, yeah, Dave, sure. We find receivers that can contribute to a fantasy team at worst as a number three option every year.
0: Oh, every the week. Big, the big of difference every year. for me between this year and last year is I really hate round four. In fact, I hate the last few picks of round three and into round four. I just hate it. Uh I'm like I said earlier, you guys have really sold me on Robert Woods, so I I really like him as a pick there. I still like CeeDee Lamb. I guess I like Cooper too, but I just I just hate that spot and I loved that spot in the draft last year. You know, the the sophomore wide receivers. It's just I basically, Dave, I'm just resentful of the wide receiver position. I'm really pissed off at wide receiver. Too many great players on too few NFL teams. And it's uh kind of it's kind of hurting the talent pool for fantasy. So um, that's impacted the and and consequently, I I kind of like the the uh, range I was just talking about with running back late round five and into round six, and I like the wide receivers that are going there too with Higgins and Claypool and Jamar Chase, uh, you know. So, so, so button. Yeah. So basically make your make your rounds 1 and 2 picks count for me it's you know it's independent of 3 and 4 it's independent of what I'm going to get in 3 and 4 cuz I'm I'm probably not going to love those picks anyway to be quite honest with you um i know that doesn't that might not be super helpful but i i am not making my second round pick based on what's available to me. It, available to me my third and fourth round picks that's the point you still have elite players on the board in round 2 i'm not sure some of them will emerge and be great but i don't feel as confident in getting an elite player with my third and fourth round picks if I have a late pick in round three. So that's why I'm not going to be like, well, I'll take a running back here. Cause I like the wide receivers better in round three or four. That's what I was doing last year. I don't care about that as much this year. Cause it's just because I, I don't feel as confident in the round four wide receivers. Don't be afraid to try
3: and trade out of those picks. If you feel the same way as Adam does, some leagues will let that happen. And even if a commissioner says no trading during the draft, you could always sidle up next to somebody in your league and say, hey, you take this guy for me, I'll take this guy for you. Oh, wow. And, and when, we did, when we did our league winners in each round, oh, that's not against the <laughs> fantasy cop rules at all. Give me a break. Okay. Uh, when, we did, when we did our league winners in each round podcast, go back and listen to it. We talked about some rounds where we didn't love what was there, but when we got to rounds five and six, for example, we really liked the value there.
0: Yeah. Okay, guys, here we go. Uh, let's power through the rest of these emails. And this is from uh, Kyle. 12-team PPR league. Start two running backs. They don't have to start a tight end. So I have the fifth pick. I'm going to take an elite running back. In the second round, if I don't have to start a tight end, is it crazy to take Darren Waller over A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson? Yes. Yeah. Okay, from Zach. Tight ends
3: really lose their appeal if you don't have to start one.
0: Zach is from Newcastle, Australia. We have a lot of Australian listeners, so that's great. I have the fifth pick in an upcoming draft. 2QB, full PPR league. Assuming the first four picks are Mahomes, McCaffrey, Josh Allen, and Dalvin Cook, who should I take fifth overall in my 2QB league? Kyler Murray or Kamara or Derrick Henry or any, anyone else?
3: It's 2QB, not super flex, right? Correct. You have to start two quarterbacks. I would lean toward the quarterback.
0: We're going to take a quick break on fantasy football today. When we come back, we are reading your Apple podcast
2: questions. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason building a business is tough. Taylor brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing to growing your business. Taylor brands. Isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success with Taylor brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive thirty-five percent off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link: Taylorbrands.com/slash/CBSports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R B-R-A-N-D-S.
1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This first Apple Podcast question comes to us from Sergio.
0: Sergio donated to St. Jude for this question, so that is great. Awesome. Thank you, Sergio. 10-team PPR league. It's a salary cap draft with a $200 budget. What signs or results do the team teams look for in terms of building and implementing strategies or build? Or I think it does the team, does our team look for the FFT team? Do -hmm. they have a plan A, spend big at running back? A plan B, spend big on Kelsey? A plan C, studs and duds beforehand? Do they just wait and see who the first value is that falls into one of these plans and then go for it? How aggressive or passive are they? What is your salary cap strategy basically? So the first
3: thing that I like to do, before going into a salary cap draft is making tiers. And obviously my tiers are posted on cbssports.com every week during the preseason. You could certainly print those out and lift them and scratch out my name and put your name on them. Or you can start with that as a baseline and then adjust them on how you feel about certain players. Maybe you're not sold on Jerry Judy. You'd want to move them down a couple of tiers as an example. But have those tiers ready to go because that will help you um, kind of give a good price valuation on players that go around other players in the same tier. For example, I was in a salary cap draft. It was a $200 budget. Christian McCaffrey went off at 62. He's obviously going to be in the top tier. Dalvin Cook went for like 55, something like that. And so after those two guys went, I had a pretty good idea of what a fair value was for Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, maybe Ezekiel Elliott as well. And so when they went off the board, they They went right in line with everybody else. There was plenty of price enforcing, which I don't necessarily agree with, but people were doing that. the The catch is if if you're tiering before the draft and you also have an idea of how much you think is fair for each player in a given tier, and it, it the bidding slows down before you get to that price. You should jump in there. Take a value there, and there is a way to consider it value. I was in the salary cap draft years ago where Le'Veon Bell was still – remember Le'Veon Bell, Adam? Remember when he was actually like a good football player? I got him for 50. I think he might have been the first player nominated, and there wasn't price enforcing after that. It turned out to be a really good bargain because there were like six other running backs that went for more than Le'Veon Bell, and Bell was absolutely considered a top-five consensus fantasy running back at the time. So if you if you trust your values, you trust your tiers, you should be able to get a good grip on what's, what's a steal and what's not a steal within those first 30 nominations. The other rule that I love having in a salary cap draft is the twenty fifty rule. Save 20% of your budget for the last half of the nominations, 50% of the nominations. This is where you're going to get a lot of steals. People are going to overspend early on. If you can't find value, then don't worry about it. You will find value once you get to like uh, nomination 65, somebody like that. And there will be players left that you'll be excited about that you'll go after. And then there's the the Eisenberg DST rule, which is when you're up for your first nomination, pick the DST you like the best if you use DSTs, nominate them for a buck. No one's going to bid two on them. Bang, you've got the DST you like with your first nomination.
0: I cannot find the salary cap draft that we did not too long ago, but... Well, we're doing another one next week. Okay. Uh, so we'll talk about that. You had this particular question. One quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and a flex. $200 budget. This There's a tight end in there, too. Oh, uh, yeah, and a tight end. Ten. This is a 10-team league that only starts two wide receivers and one flex. This is a shallow league. You need to spend your butt off and get as many studs as you can. I mean... That's a little bit of an exaggeration. Well, you don't want to have total crap. You don't want to have three studs and total crap. You need to go studs and duds to a degree because there won't be any duds. Every single player in the starting lineup for every team is going to be pretty good. This is a shallow-ass league. You need to spend big... Cursing. You need Jeez. to get... you. I'm sorry. I'm just fired up. You need to be... Very aggressive in this league. Sure All much. right, let's go uh, from Jay. Don't, don't go
3: crazy, Adam. You're saying that he's got to go and spend. He shouldn't spend like eighty on Christian McCaffrey or something like that. He could. He could. It's got to be within reason. No, because you're giving up too much of an edge to the rest of your league if you do that.
0: I mean, he's, he's McCaffrey's probably going to go for what seventy. You oh, okay? I, I'm I saying you should. Much. You should have. If I if I were in a ten team league this small that only started two wide receivers. And it was full PPR. I would set out to have three top fifteen players, I I or two top five players, something like that. I would try to get two absolute studs, and then my third best player would probably be a top thirty player. Still, really, your third good.
3: best player will be Ramondre Stevenson. No, it won't.
0: That's no, you'll be fine. There'll be plenty of great bargains. You'll be able to get, you'll be able to get plenty of bargains. Okay, uh, from Jay Battinger, Dynasty Trade. Grade the trade. I traded Rashad Penny, Jarvis Landry next year's third round pick. Oh man. Who <laughs> did you give up a lot for Trey Sermon oh. and Marquez Callaway? Oh my god. That's an A. Hold plus. on.
3: Somebody who is this Jay Badinger Yeah. He pretty, really pretty. needed to email us this. <laughs> it's a brag. He really? I wonder what the fantasy guys with he's brag this is bragging. Yeah. I'm going to give up I'm going to give up a running back with one good knee and one good hand who's hurt again and a receiver who's 40 years old. and a pick that won't matter next year for one of the hottest rookie running backs and the hottest young receivers in the league. Okay. okay, Nice job, JB. From Keelan13. How come we never get deals like this?
0: Hey, man. You 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 had the
3: opportunity today to pick up J.D. McKissick (laughs) for Jameis
0: Winston, and you turned it down. So maybe you do get some amazing offers, but I never do. Dave, I've been a little verbose today, so I don't want to make sure we have time for IDP. Keelan, 13, 12-team. That's Adam's way of telling me to shut up. No, that's my way of telling me to shut up. 12-team okay. league PPR. I have Montgomery and Kamara, McC- McLaurin, Cup, Higgins, and I just got offered Jonathan Taylor and Brandon Iyuk for Kamara. Interesting. Would you, do- would you do it? I think I would. As much as I like
3: Kamara, and I would draft Kamara ahead of Taylor, no problem, but getting Ayuk as a little bonus on top of it, I-, I don't mind it. I think that's a good deal.
0: This is from Ryan, Superflex Dynasty League. I'm set at quarterback and wide receiver, but I'm weak at running back. Should I try to move my third QB, Zach, best quarterback in New York, Wilson? Oh, I'm glad you agree
3: because you read it.
0: Well, Josh Allen's better than him, but if you want to say best quarterback in New Jersey, it's probably true. Should I trade Zach Wilson for running back help, or should I hold and wait for possible breakouts? Or, or, Or no, I'm sorry. Should I hold and wait until Zach Wilson breaks out? Um his starting quarterbacks are Dak and Kyler.
3: So he's never using Zach Wilson as long as those guys are healthy. And it's a dynasty league. I unless a good offer comes along, you're not going to get a great offer for him now. So no, don't trade now.
0: Wait for him to break out and then start fielding offers. This is from court. Go get Tony Jones. Well, I mean, I don't understand. You should be open. Oh, it's super flex. I'm sorry, it's super flex. I was gonna say you should be open to trading one of the other guys, but you know, you could well, still. Could. You could still I, trade. I think he get something Kyler. amazing for one of them. Yeah, you trade Dak and Kyler, or you trade Kyler, whoever you want, for so you, um, you know Aaron Rodgers and a running back. You downgrade a little bit. There you go. The all right, that's from a good idea. Core two one eight six. I'm looking for help on how to structure payouts for a 12 team league with a fifty dollar buy buy in, all while incentivizing the bottom half of the league that don't make the playoffs. First thought was first place, second place, of course. But how do you, you know, how do you do the payouts, $600 total, uh, and try to avoid people just giving up, I guess?
3: Well, I certainly don't want to reward people for finishing in last place with money, but I wouldn't mind rewarding them with draft picks. What if the team that finishes in last gets the number one pick
0: the following year? And what? How are Not you as, rewarding? Does that,
3: does that discourage trying though? I got then an teams idea.
0: purpose of trying to lose. I have an idea. What's that? Do a consolation bracket, and but you w- can't do that during the regular season. No, you do it during the
3: playoffs. I guess. Right, you- but that I, we do that in our keeper league, and that's fine. But I think this guy's worried about teams. You know, a, a manager gets to week seven. And his team is 1-6, and he goes, screw it. I'm going (sighs) to mow my lawn on Sunday. If you're not
0: willing to increase the the the, the buy-in, then that's a problem. But if you are willing to put more money in the pot, then I do see a lot of leagues give a weekly prize to the highest score. So that's a way to, to make it happen.
3: Or just find people who care about their leagues and want to do good and are competitive. Yeah.
0: Or if you see teams that aren't setting their lineups, then you... You know, you can put a bylaw in, like, "Hey, if you give up, if you don't set your lineup, if you drop players that shouldn't be dropped, that kind of stuff, that you're either out of the league next year, or you have to put more money in, or something like that." There you go. That's not bad. How about a penalty for yeah. not sending a left? Twenty bucks. From Rick in Richmond. First year, we have one defensive utility player. What's the best strategy for selection of a high-scoring player?
3: Look for a ta- a linebacker that gets a lot of tackles, uh, especially if you're only starting one defensive player. Do not spend a valuable pick on that one player. Round eight at the absolute earliest for somebody like Darius Leonard.
0: Are there 12 players you think that are good enough where you don't really have to invest heavily in this spot? No. No? You think there's a... No. I I mean, uh,
3: Gary Davenport, the IDP master, would probably laugh at me for saying no, but... I just, I really believe that you can find a good IDP player off the waiver. If I, I'm in a league where we start uh, two, five, eight, nine IDPs every week, and I still find good IDP players on the waiver wire every week.
0: Yeah, but that's different because a good IDP wire player on this waiver wire doesn't have to be very good. You know, because there are so many IDPs. If you're in a league that only starts 12 total IDPs with the entire league, one per team, your standards have to be a little bit higher, obviously.
3: You're going to find somebody that you'll say, okay, I can start. You could literally stream the position if you want.
0: But how how much of an edge does Darius Leonard give you?
3: Well, it's theoretically somebody that you never have to replace in your lineup, and that's a good thing. So less work that has to be done. But I don't know if he's necessarily going to give you a huge edge. I don't know if it's like a Travis Kelsey-ish type of edge. Okay. Moving on. But not the best.
0: Eric B. Eric? Eric. 10-team, two-quarterback league. I've been playing in this league for 10-plus years. I know my league mates and my tendencies. We've never drafted like a true 2QB league. Um, Knowing this, would you guys prefer a team that had Kyler and Brady? Okay. Okay. Kyler and Brady at quarterback, Zeke and Carson at running back, Metcalf and Woods at wide receiver, and Tyler Higbee. So very strong. This is a good team. Mm. Or Tannehill and Brady instead of Kyler and Brady. Oh, okay. I don't even have to read the running backs and receivers. Ready, Dave? I'm going to simplify this. Please do. Kyler, Brady, and Higbee or Tannehill, Brady, and Kelsey? Yeah, I'm going to go with Tannehill, Brady, Kelsey. Yeah from CJ Chips. Mahalo. Question. Uh who is the handcuff for McCaffrey or he says the insurance policy for McCaffrey? It appears to
3: be Chuba Hubbard, the rookie that they drafted on day 3.
0: From Mother Sh- day three. Mother Shibubu. Day Uh it was, yeah. Yeah. Mother Shibubu says, "Dear this that's a Simpsons thing. I don't remember the episode." Dear uh, uh says Okay, sorry. 10-team PPR league, $200 draft budget. Start two wide receivers. Start two flex, though. What is your maximum bid for Christian McCaffrey? If it's relevant, I'm keeping Diggs and Gibson for a combined $27. So in that, there's going to be a lot of uh, players kept for value, so I'm sure McCaffrey's going to go for a lot of money. It's 10 teams, Dave. How much would you bid on McCaffrey?
3: I'd probably go right around 60
0: in a no, $200 budget. I said it 60. Are you kidding? Well, what's wrong with that? Well, first of all, McCaffrey is worth more than 30% of a budget. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's a 10 team league. Third, we
3: literally just had a
0: conversation. Yes, about but this. now we had this other thing where he's already got Gibson and git and Diggs for $27, which couldn't happen in a redraft league
3: let other people spend their money.
0: Dude, spend whatever the hell you want. Spend up to $90 on Christian McCaffrey. I've got to get you in our on our salary cap draft. I'm telling you man, this is this is a 10 team league. The waiver wire throughout the year is going to be loaded. So, why not get studs? You if you get McCaffrey, you have McCaffrey, Gibson and Diggs for $127, which you'd be fine with.
3: I mean, but it could be a lot less. You might be able to get Najee, for example, for like 45. And then you've got, and I know Najee's not the same as Christian That's right. McCaffrey, nobody don't get me Mc- wrong. McAfee but you're saving be... a lot more money that you can spend on other players. But you don't need to. Do you want to have a loaded could... roster? Or do you want to have yes. three players and a bunch of okay guys? I want, to have,
0: I want to have as many studs as I can, and then I'll figure out. I'll, I'll take T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, and Jamar Chase, that range, and Chase Edmonds, and Miles Gaskin's. It Gasket. sounds great, guys Adam, are but there's go other people 15... in the
3: league that will have more money than you that will spend on those players, and you won't get that
0: That's fine. There's still a deep enough player pool in a 10-team league. And I already have Diggs and Gibson. Let's talk IDP, Dave. Okay. All right. So our our IDP league is so different. We probably shouldn't spend a ton of time on it because we start nine defensive players. Yes, we do. And that really hurts the value, I think, of the IDPs personally. Not to mention the highest scoring IDP last year scored the same amount of points as Todd Gurley. So when I saw that, I said... And that's said,
3: really where tackles count.
0: Yeah. And when I saw that, I said, why am I going to overspend on IDPs? I'd rather just build out my offensive roster. But, but all right, who are some of the players we need to know? Let's start with that. You can make... We'll talk strategy in a little bit, but give me the... Be- Let's start on the defensive line. And remember, when you talk about a guy like... Chase Young, or a Bosa, you have to check if that player is eligible on the defensive line or as a linebacker. Right. It makes a huge difference because defensive line is a shallow position, whereas linebacker, you got a whole bunch of guys who get a ton of tackles, so it's much deeper. But um, who are the defensive linemen that, that really stand out? Chase Young, Joey
3: Bosa, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, um, Aaron Donald gets enough numbers. I think you can make the case for Hunter in Minnesota. Um, and I'm just going down our, our draft order in our, in our IDP draft as well. Montez Sweat was a round 12 pick, but none of these guys were taken. Chase Young was taken in round a six, and he was the first one.
0: No, right. oh, he was the first lineman. then, yeah. He but, was the first defensive lineman, yeah. not the
3: first IDP. I believe he was the second IDP.
0: Correct. He took the After first IDP. Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard in round five. And uh, I said earlier that Heath didn't do that much, right. but that was that was an exception for Heath. He had around five IDP, and then after that, uh, I'll tell you when his next one was, but go ahead.
3: The point is, is that there aren't a lot of defensive linemen that you're going to want to draft early. It's very thin at the top because there aren't a lot of defensive linemen that get lots of tackles, plus everything else that makes a defensive lineman great, like sacks and force fumbles and stuff like that. So there aren't a ton of opportunities for defensive linemen to make plays for fantasy purposes. They do it all the time in the NFL, unless you're in a league that somehow rewards pressures, for example. Because a defensive lineman, as a good defensive lineman, pressures the quarterback. You know, one out of every two or three plays that they actually have uh, on pass plays, I should say. So the, I don't like necessarily going hog wild after two of them. I took Miles Garrett. I think it was round eight when I got him. Uh, in ours, no, I'm sorry, mid round seven miles Garrett on my team. And that's just cause I started to see a couple of IDPs go off the board. And I went, I want to have at least one good defensive lineman. So I went with MG and, uh, I feel fine about it. I guess I like the rest of my team around it, but you can always find a defensive lineman that might be able to get you in leagues where tackles count, maybe six points a week. That would be okay. Better than two or three.
0: Yeah. This is a position that I usually, care about in drafts. I usually want one in this league. This is the only IDP league I plan, but I usually do try to get like an Aaron Donald or something like that. It did not work out for me. One of the guys I took, I took Jadevian Clowney, who's got a chance as now a number two defensive end, mm. not getting double teamed in Cleveland to uh, put up some sack numbers. And all of my IDPs, they were some of my last pick eight of my nine IDPs were my last eight picks. Um, I also yeah, took I don't Ro- hate that. Romeo Okwara in this league, yeah. I, if it were a shallower league without that many IDP, I would have gone a little earlier cuz they just make more of a difference percentage-wise in terms of your points. But anyway, um Romeo Okwara had 10 sacks last year or something, but I but he's on the Lions. He's now going to be playing linebacker. So he's so I think there's a chance that Okwara is kind of a sleeper. Nobody seems to like him. He could get some sacks. He's going to be a pass-rushing linebacker, but maybe he gets a lot more tackles this year, too. So deep sleeper. Only take him in a a deep IDP league. Uh, All right, how about linebacker? That's a position
3: that I think you can get more production from because a good linebacker will find over 100 tackles over the course of the year. And a lot of these linebackers will also contribute with sacks, passes, defense, interceptions, forced fumbles. So that's the position that I think you can probably... Get some good ground on, and Leonard is obviously the superstar of the position. He's been so good for fantasy for so long. Devin White in Tampa Bay is another one. I've got him on my dynasty league team. Um, I can tell you firsthand, he's awesome. He brings the points every week. Blake Martinez, who's a little banged up right now for the Giants, he always gets a lot of tackles. Roquan Smith in Chicago has been playing better. Um, Bobby Wagner in Seattle has been a staple. Eric Kendricks in Minnesota. Fred Warner, Fred Warner in San Francisco. Awesome IDP. You should definitely target him before round 10. Um, and, and there's a lot of other guys that are out there that have some potential. There's Tremaine Edwins in Buffalo. Steelers just traded for Joe Schobert. I'm hoping he plays enough to get those tackle numbers. I think it's bad for Devin Bush that he's there. Patrick Queen in Baltimore was one that I drafted in round 11. Oh, yeah. so I think he could end huge, up being very good.
0: Huge potential I, this year. I
3: agree. So I, I think what you might be able to do is just – Before your IDP draft, this will take some work. Uh, There's a website called OurLads.com. They have free depth charts, and you can also sort by position. Look at the middle linebackers on each team, maybe even print out the page. They've got first, second, third team, fourth team linebackers for each team, and they can put it all on one page. And then also look at strong side linebackers, weak side linebackers. Find the guys that have consistently put up a lot of tackles from year to year. If you're in an IDP league on cbsports.com, you can research that by going to the stats page and searching by linebackers to see what they've done. And you'll get an idea of what kind of linebackers are going to be popular first. And the ones whose names you don't really recognize, those are the ones who might be a value later on. One such name for me was Christian Kirksey, who's always been a pretty decent tackle producer, and now he's in Houston. That's a team that's probably going to
0: take on a lot
3: yeah. of running over the course of the year because mm-hmm. they're playing from behind.
0: Well, I want to warn you about a, a potential bust, Jalen Smith for the Cowboys. I don't Great know call. what is going on there, but he might not be in every He was a liability player. last year. Yeah, they, they, seem, they really like Leighton Van Der Escher. They're moving to the outside. He was once an IDP stud, so that's a guy that I drafted with one of my last picks. Um, but it's possible that Jalen Smith of the Cowboys is not going to be an every-down player, and I don't even know if he's going to be a starter. I'm not sure, at least you know maybe later on in the year. So it, there seems to be a little bit of negative buzz coming on, and they seem to like, oh, they have Micah Parsons. So I don't know. If, did he get drafted? He must have, right? Yeah. He- <laughs> In our league, absolutely. Yeah, okay. He was a... uh, Oh, he was a ninth-round pick. Okay. I didn't realize Parsons was going so early. It's a little bit risky. Like, Bobby Wagner went, and then the next pick was Micah Parsons, who's a a rookie linebacker. So I would much rather have Bobby Wagner. Um, Parsons went ahead of Eric Kendricks, too. A little bit risky to take rookies in this draft. For example, if you took Isaiah Simmons last year, you probably weren't that happy. Then again, I did take Zayvon Collins, first-round pick of the Cardinals, as my first IDP in round 14. Uh, Defensive backs. These
3: are players that don't necessarily get a lot of sacks. The safeties are the ones that get a lot of tackles. Usually, sometimes there are some cornerbacks that are thrown at enough where they can contribute a good amount of tackles and plenty of passes defensed. Obviously, safeties get some passes, defense, and interceptions as well. Um, Not that he's the best one in the group, but I've always had Minka Fitzpatrick on my IDP teams, and he's come through. Harrison Smith has been a good veteran. Uh, these aren't the obvious names, but there's certainly some good names that could help you out along the way. In our draft, who were some of the first ones taken? I'm going to look it up for you. Uh, the first one was Jamal Adams Jamal in Adams. Seattle. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a great one. And he's very unique. He's kind of a unicorn for the position because they do use him as an edge rusher sometimes, on top of covering stud tight ends, playing the deep field. He can kind of do it all. So that's somebody who I think yeah. definitely makes sense. Buddha Baker. Could do the same thing. Derwin James is back for the Chargers. Hopefully, he plays all year. Uh, He's got the chance to be a great playmaker at safety. We've seen it from him before in the past. Uh, Jordan Poyer in Buffalo. um, Marlon Humphrey in Baltimore is one of those cornerbacks that get a lot of tackles, and he gets a lot of other stats on top of it. Jeremy Um, Chin in Carolina. Jeremy Chin's a linebacker, though. I don't know if you can use him as both. I don't know. Our site might let you use him as a linebacker or a defensive back. Okay. On our site, he's a linebacker or at least in this draft, he was taken as a linebacker. Let me see. Cause I can click on his name and it'll tell me when I pull it up, what positions he's eligible at. And, uh, yeah, he is eligible at defensive back.
0: Okay. So that's so, a good yes, one. There. He
3: would absolutely
0: and, be and linebacker,
3: right? You can use him as both, which is yeah. kind of cool. That's kind of a fantasy baseball twist that you can have with IDPs is that some guys can be dual eligible.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I guess in summary, I would say this, uh, you know, this isn't the only IDP league I'm in. I think this is my fifth year in it. I had never done an IDP league before. It's so helpful to have the experience and to know how much they matter. I had determined they don't really matter that much because especially at defensive back, it is so easy to find any cornerback that could just get, you know, in our league, like seven points and just be fine. They're so interchangeable, most of the cornerbacks. Uh... So, But that means in a shallower IDP league, since there are just a few standouts at each position, defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back, then you want to invest a little bit more. But we have so many that it almost just feels pointless to me. I don't even love the way we do it. Uh, But know the depth of your league. Know the scoring. This is the other problem with giving you tips on IDP. The scoring is so different uh, in so many leagues. And, yeah, I guess I would say that this might seem counterintuitive, but the fewer IDP spots you have, to me, the more important IDP is. Uh, IDPs are. That's how I view it. And yeah. And uh, and also the, the fewer offensive spots that you would have. It's how much of a percentage of your fantasy points does each defensive player account for? Because they're not going to score... Most of them aren't going to score as many points as your offensive players. Again, you got to check your scoring, but... I hope that helps. Dave, any final thoughts?
3: Take advantage of those in your league that draft heavily on IDPs early on and expect to get some decent values. Once you get to the middle rounds. Yeah.
0: And just like offensive offensive players, I mean, they're not, they're not, some of them are busts, right? I mean, yeah, Yeah, it happens. Like Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald just happened to not get to the quarterback last year. And he, I had him last year. He wasn't nearly as good as he was the year before. So that's the other thing. It's like, imagine some of them are bust so you just don't want to take you just don't want to take them too early when you're passing up offensive players that could make a, that could have a really big impact on your team and then you look later and you go wow I like my IDPs but gosh my <laughs> the rest of my team's not that good and I have no depth uh, alright there you go everybody that's our IDP preview happy to answer any questions if you want to send some emails or some tweets and uh, thanks a lot to everybody for listening I apologize I didn't get to read as many of the questions as I wanted to. But I hope you enjoy your weekend and some Jameis Winston in your life. And we will talk to you on Monday with a fresh episode of Fantasy Football today.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.